Welcome to AFL Deep Dive, episode 44, round 19 preview. How are you, Mr. Smith? I'm good, Trent, and uh, how are the divers out there today? Dive folk. Well, we are back to normal uh, viewing or resuming normal resuming service. services, which is uh, listening, not viewing. That's it, because we were uh, we just got off doing our first Facebook live show. So you can watch that now on Beyond the Game's Facebook page. So we've teamed up with Beyond the Game. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, had a had a ball. We got to talk about some of the things in football that we don't tend to go too deep into on the podcast. Because as you know, we talk about the game, not the issues. Facebook, more overarching game stuff. stuff yeah. Some of the stuff that the listeners have been asking us to do a bit more in depth uh, analysis of the game in general. Yeah. So we're still yeah we're still not covering Brian Lake in prison or anything like that. We more it's we you know we, we talked a bit about the state of the game. We talked a bit about the six six six. Proposal that came out today with the, the Pentagons that are coming, the in. Pentagon, the Satanic type stuff. So we went through a lot of that that side of it, but we also went into the Collingwood Richmond game a little bit as well. And yeah, so it's a sort of a general fun AFL show, which you know, obviously with our preview review, we just don't have time to to cover some other stuff. And then also it allowed for time to answer some of the audience's questions too. So the you know Facebook does give you the ability for the audience to ask questions during the coverage, which is great. So we answer a few of those so if you want to get involved in that it was um, a lot of fun and we were able to answer a bunch of questions as well that we've been getting via the email so that was a lot of fun definitely check it out i'll put a link in the description so we'll let's keep going into it because it's a a crazy round game Oh, round of football this weekend. It looks pretty amazing. So mm-hmm. massive shout-outs firstly to our sponsors from Hopster Homes. So Hopster Homes is a craft beer delivery service. So really switched on set of guys from Melbourne. They're delivering craft beer all across the country. So tonight we've got a Venom Black IPA, which is really nice. You don't tend to drink much black IPAs in the warmer weather, but they're beautiful in the winter, aren't they? They're delicious. Yeah, <laughs> delicious. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. We're going to use that word for beer now. That's true. <laughs> yeah, no more Sizzler. But Bruce is a, probably a big fan of black IPA, probably. I imagine. No, probably not. He's probably killing it. A bit too, he, no, bit too I, hectic. I think being an SA boy, he uh, yeah, enjoys can... a Rizzo or a... Probably. Or a Shard. Oh, I think he's a Shiraz man, personally. Yeah, but possibly. Anyway... He's very parochial. He'll probably smash his Shiraz even in 40 degree weather Absolutely. over there. But no, they really, really switched on set of guys at Hopster Home. So check them out, hopsterhome.com.au. What they do is they deliver craft beer per month. So you sign up like a subscription service that you can pause and resume, which makes it really good. And they curate a lot of obscure and really interesting craft beers. So we got some really interesting stuff this month and I'm sure August is going to have some pretty amazing stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. As the warmer months come in, they usually obviously beers yeah. generally associated with the, the warmer weather. So you would expect uh, some interesting stuff to come out then. Definitely. So check them out and if you use the promo code AFL Deep Dive, you get $25 off your first pack, which is a fantastic deal because their prices are very reasonable even though you're doing shipping and all that sort of stuff. It's nowhere near as expensive as you might think. So definitely check them out. Let's bang into the first game. So, yeah, on paper, this round does look really good. On the Friday night, so no more Thursdays for the rest of the year. Friday night, we have Essendon versus the Sydney Swans. So 11th versus 4th. 
Essendon really starting to play top eight football. They've won four out of their last five. And are the wheels coming off the Swans truck? Yeah. They've won two out of their last five now, so not ideal. Uh, Essendon coming off a win over Frio. They didn't win by a lot points-wise. They should have won by a lot more. They were pretty in control of that game and dominated a lot of the major stats. And Sydney coming off a shock loss against the Gold Coast Suns. So 7.50 at Etihad Stadium. How do you see this game playing? Yeah. You, this is um, really intriguing. I mean, most a lot of games are going to be intriguing in this round, so with that word, it's going to come out a few times in this podcast. Look, the ladder sometimes does tell some tricks. So, 4th v 11, but there's only two games that separate, uh, eight points that separate these two teams, and some percentage, and as you just mentioned, Essen are one of the form teams in the comp, and Sydney a bit up and down, who knows what's going on, but started to go become one-dimensional again, going forward it's at Eddie had I think it's going to be a Swanee's win just because they yeah. can win away from home and they struggle at the SCG so I'm not flip of the coin type game it's a really hard game to predict because yeah. there's so many different elements to it so you look at it one way Essendon are in a lot in very good form you can argue form wise better form than Sydney Sydney have got still some pretty average outs um, McKernan out for Essendon, but they've, they've, they've still got so much quality across the field. They absolutely can win this. Pace kills Sydney, and it, you know the Richmond utilised that really well, and Essendon are quite a fast side. I think I'm going to go with the Bombros in this. I just think that Sydney, I know they had that shock loss last week. I, I don't know. I just think that Essendon have got... A bit to prove. They're a better team than their their ladder would suggest, as you were um, as you were just saying. Sydney, uh, yeah. it's so hard to predict. I mean, what's going on with Grundy? It's something that we uh, just ran out of time to speak about over the last week and a bit. Grundy, if you've missed over the last couple of weeks, he's been playing in the in the kneeful. And it's just really confusing as to what's going on. You know, we, we're big fans of um, Heath, and it's just really strange as to what's happening. I know they said he was a bit sore, and then Longmire said, well, no, we he kind of hinted in the after game that it was a bit more of a tactical reason to not play him. But, I mean, that he, he even admitted that that completely backfired. So... You would yeah, suggest yeah. that he's back then because sure. at some parts of the year we've sort of suggested that he was in all Australian form. Yeah, and not far from. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was bizarre. I thought he, I must have missed an injury that he got, but no, he's just. Not well, there was some sort of soreness that was all they said. So okay. you'd think Heath Grundy would come back in. So we'll look in some of the ins and outs. But you would think Heath Grundy plays. Uh, there's a, there's a few other options though. I mean, Darcy Cameron. Yeah, he, he really struggled against Gold Coast. So he's a, they might bring in another tour for him. Uh, Jordan Dawson was really good in the two so that's a, a possibility as well I mean it's, it's it is interesting Kieran Jack do, do they sort of recall him there's no way Rowan's going to play so if you missed that he had the broken hand yeah I mean I, I think Grundy and Dawson are a big chance to play and you know maybe Marsh or someone like that might miss it's yeah, it's an interesting scenario with Sydney. I might wait for the ins and outs of this game. If Heath does come in, he was he's a pretty he's a amazing very player. Handy yeah. In, yeah, absolutely. And I, I must have missed part of the year. I don't know, sleeping. I thought Sydney hadn't lost two games in a row, and that's why I initially went for them. But having just gone quickly back through, they have, no, they have yeah, yeah, they have done it. So I'm probably then going to lean towards uh, the Bombers at this early stage as well. Yeah, so over the last five weeks, Sydney went win, loss, loss, win, loss. So, yeah, not yeah. a hardly, convinc- hardly convincing no. one. Yeah, they they were in very very good form, and then they they absolutely have dropped off over the last. And it's 
one of those ones where it is an edge of the cliff type scenario. It does look like they're going to go one way or the other. They're either going to go really, really well from here and just, you know, just play with a lot of heart and spirit or they're going to completely drop off. And I'm thinking Essendon at this stage, but I'm going to look sort of at the ins and outs later in the week. So as as funny as it sounds, depending on results throughout the round, Sydney could be out of the eight. Yeah, it's it's a strong possibility, isn't it? It it is an amazing scenario. They've got one of the worst percentages at 114. So GWS and Port have slightly worse on 113 and 112, but then Melbourne, Hawthorne and Geelong are all above them. So big news is that Stringer is going to play. So that's that's a massive massive hit. So that's one of the other reasons why I'm leaning a bit more towards Essendon as well. Connor McKenna looks like he's coming in. And as I said a minute ago, pace really does kill swans. And I'm sure the internal people within Essendon think that too. And Kenna, uh, McKenna, sorry, does you know, he's going to be able to provide that, you would imagine. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm seriously considering tipping um, Essendon with this one because they are looking really, really good. They, they were impressive last week. They managed to be able to win against Freo, who it's a, it was a weird game because Fremantle were in the game because they were just so accurate. But then, you know, they, Essendon were, were pretty wasteful too. So if they're wasteful like that, Sydney, yeah, Sydney are going to stay in the game. Sydney probably won't kick a massive score, but they will stay in the game and then who knows where it'll go late. It's a fascinating game, but I think probably for me, Essendon will win this. And whether Swans make finals, I think they will still make finals. I'm not predicting doom, but I think they might end up towards the bottom end of the eight rather than top four. But who knows? They could go. So, you know, Sydney, I, I really hate to write off because they're one of those teams where they punish you for yeah, writing them, them off. off. Like exactly. Every time I've gone against them over the last, you know, really decade almost now, they've turned around and gone, yeah, well, get stuff. Get we'll stuff, win it again. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's hard to know, but I'm probably going to go with Essendon at this stage, given the quality of the, the ins as well. Stringer's a massive in, and, you know, V comes in and kicks two or three. It's just more... Uh, and, you know, Fantasia's in such good form yeah. as well. That's the thing. They've just got so much quality across the ground. And, yeah, I think Kale Hooker, it's a possibility that he would go forward and they might bring in Francis as well. They've got options, which is great. Essendon's injuries aren't as bad as they were a little while back. So what do you think? You're going with the Bombros yeah, now? now? Yeah, now that I've just had a quick uh, deep deep dive into Sydney's uh, form over the, the year, no, I, I'm tipping the Dons. Yeah. And they'll probably win by about two goals or three goals. It's going to be super close. And Essendon, the, the thing is, I think the, the ground probably, I know Sydney play Eddie had okay, but I think the ground's probably going to help Essendon. They'll It'll keep the pace up and they'll take the game on. And I just think, you know, with the way that, you know, some of their key pillars, the form that they're in, I think it's really going to yeah, trouble absolutely. them. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, look, I think I expect Sydney to bounce back, but I think Essendon might just win it. So we'll keep moving on to the Saturday. So the probably the game of the round, certainly on paper, looks pretty incredible. There are some very good games through this round, but Richmond versus the Pies. So we went into this one a little bit on the Facebook live show, but obviously we'll go into this one pretty heavily now. So this is massive game. Both teams have won four out of their last five, both in very, very good form. First versus third, 145 at the MCG. Massive game. Huge game. Yeah. Huge, huge game. This is... It's the biggest game between these two clubs since the late 70s, really. Like, it's, I don't think that's hyperbolic. No, not at all. This is... It not never would happen, but it'd be like having Tyson and V. Ali. Yeah. In that scenario, because it has been so long since these two clubs have had massive, powerful teams at the one time. So, yeah. you already know it's going to be a sellout at the game... 
Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Hopefully the weather gods take care of it. And yeah, I'm in, enthralled and interested to see how both teams match up more than any other game in this round. These, I want to see how structurally they... Tactically, it's very interesting, yeah. isn't it? Because the, they both play similar styles. So they've both gone with the unorthodox, more modern style of forward line. So Cox, you know, he he's going to be in there. And they, they've got such high pressure from both teams, your high tackling teams. They like to take the game on. They both set up that defensive wall quite well. So Yeah, they move really quickly from yeah. attack to defence and vice versa. So it'll be interesting to see if one of the teams has a plan B or C to counteract yeah. or whether it's just two teams going, you know what, who can play the better of this style of footy? Both teams have the ability as well to, you know, not only switch during games, but as you said, you know, switch styles too. So that's going to make it really, really interesting. I think for me, Collingwood are going to struggle with the um, the just the variety of offensive style that Richmond have. I, I know their defence did really well last week. They really held, you know, held North Melbourne to 64 points, and they won by 100, you know, they won by 66, kicked 130. So they were obviously amazing. But that game, if you did miss, North looked pretty defeated. And again, going back to one of my theories from this year, which is that when you play Sydney earlier on, I don't know whether that's going to happen from now, but post-Sydney games, and that Sydney-North Melbourne game, this is something that we just didn't get time to talk about in the review, but that Sydney-North Melbourne game last week was hell for leather, unbelievable. One of the best games I reckon I can remember saying. It was so good. And both teams were flat as attack the next week. Sydney lost to the Gold Coast and North barely put up a whimper against Collingwood. So it is interesting, but I I still... like The reality for me with that Collingwood-North game, if you look at recent form, yes, they performed very well against them, but North offensively were very one-dimensional. And I just don't think Richmond are going to be anywhere near as one-dimensional as they were. So they went to Ben Brown too often, but a whole variety of issues that they were very predictable offensively, which meant that Collingwood could just do what they liked. Do whatever they liked, yeah. And they could intercept and they could control that back line really, really well. And I think that's going to be a lot harder when it comes to, to dealing with Richmond because they've got so much scoring power. Oh, absolutely. Richmond's scoring power, their defence, they've got more facets on every line to be able to deal with whatever is thrown at them. So a bit similar to you, but I, I can't see how Collingwood's four line, as good as it, as it has been, as um, difficult as it has been to stop uh, penetrating Brisbane's amazing defence. They feed off each other extremely well. They know each other's um, strengths really yeah. well. So that, that that's the key for me. And obviously everyone knows how good they are at rebounding off their back half to score from so for me it's that strong resilient Richmond back half yeah. that will probably be able to cover and blanket the, the, this younger um, Collingwood team so that, I mean they're going to have to be on their, their guard and on their best because it's a very fast yeah. Collingwood forward half Stefferson to go in these guys uh, Hosking Elliott so I think they've got enough to cover it though and then I think Richmond's mids are just that little bit better than Collingwood's and, and that's saying a lot because Collingwood's is freaking it's excellent yeah. it's outstanding I mean it, it really is a, a class
Clash of the Titans, as he suggested, because you've got Cochin and, and, and Martin, who are really... You know, Cochin's been in amazing form, but Martin's really starting to get closer. He's probably playing about, I reckon, about 80% 80s. of the 2017 form, which is still elite. Yeah. That's still A-grade. So I think... But then Pendlebury on the other side was unbelievable last the week. So, has been fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And from that, Great imagine game. what it would be like if Trelaw was still in that midfield for them. So If Trelaw was in and up and firing, it makes the tip even harder. But I, I just think for me... So let's look at the, the ins. Yeah, I think for me, Richmond. Let, let's have a look yeah, at a couple of the Richmond ins. Well. Let's have a look at a couple of these. So Basher Hawley. So he's a chance... The, the ins for Richmond will be quite fascinating. So whether they risk Hawley, who's coming back from a groin, whether they risk him and put him in, or whether he comes back through the VFL, that will be really interesting as well. And then there's people like Castagna, who've been pretty down for a while now. Obviously, you know, I know didn't you know he wasn't the major aspect for why they you know didn't beat the Giants, no. but it was a big part of it, part kicking of it. five five points, uh, and a few of them he easily could have could have could have kicked. So yeah. Yeah, that's, it'd be interesting to see whether they bring somebody in and drop Castagna. McIntosh as well wasn't massive last week, but he still provided his role. So I, I don't know. They might remain relatively unchanged. And the Pies, well, they're, they're interesting as well. But there's a, a possibility that more could play, but it's sounding pretty pretty unlikely. They'll wait till the back end of the week. It's sound that all the noise you hear is that he's not going to play. But <laughs> this is the reality with, with in and out. We just don't, don't know. know. We just don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit like Jamie Elliott. He's he's super close, but yeah. we don't really know. And they're going to guard that until they know exactly uh, when they can announce yeah. it. And that's when they'll do, they'll do it last minute. And also, when it comes to steel, sti- steel side bottom, steel side bottom, uh, he is going to play. But so there was a few journalists that ran with the story that he wasn't going to play, but he is going to play. So people just so quick to try to jump at any news to just make make something up. But no, he he is almost certainly going to play now. So hope so. I hope. hope Well, the club have said that he's going to play. The 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 jaw um, looks okay, so he's not even going to miss training. So it sounds pretty much ninety nine point nine. He's playing. So it would just be a minor test, or not a minor test, but a test to see if he's got any minor sort of yeah issues issues that may relate to um, concussion. But it looks like he's going to be okay. Yeah, so good. We'll keep we'll keep moving, but I think Richmond just for me. But I mean, tipping Collingwood is not a bad idea, and if there are some you know, laid outs, you know, towards the back end of the week, then maybe it is worth tipping Collingwood. But at this stage, you think Richmond will win eighteen in a row at the G, which would be an outrageous yeah. effort. I so, think I think for the first two games of this round, you're going to be unlucky no matter who you choose. Yeah, like, if you tip them both, you've done really well. I mean, the Richmond ins, while they're very interesting, I mean, you'd still think that they'd be able to do it. They just hit a hundred thousand members as well. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to. Next game down at the Cattery Cadinia Park, the Cats versus the Lions, which you know about a month and a half ago you would have thought, wow, what a horrific game. No interest in that, but it starts to become very interesting. So Geelong uh, sitting outside of the eight. So obviously having that incredible win last week against Melbourne. And then the Lions did really well at home, but just lost in the end to Adelaide. So fascinating game. Uh, Brisbane, you know, people have been saying it for weeks and weeks. They are, you know, one of the best worst sides that 
one's ever seen, which is a bizarre sort of thing to say, but it is it is true. And, you know, Geelong really need wins to, to get back in there. And there's a couple people above them that could falter. So yeah, absolutely. ninth versus 16th, but... As, as you know, as I've just described, that that sounds terrible. But, but if you have a look at the form, so yeah. the Lions are loss, win, 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 loss. Yeah, and, and better form than yeah, Cats. And yeah, and the Cats are loss, loss, win, loss, win. Yeah, Geelong have only won two out of their last five, For which you'd, you'd be surprised. And they got out of jail last weekend. At, well, exactly. Well, no, they they I mean, look, they they exploited a weakness in Melbourne's game, which is is mental, and and they they knew, and teams now know that if they're half good, doesn't matter if they're thirty points down with. 15, 20 minutes to go, you're in with a chance against exactly Melbourne because right. you just don't know what's going to happen. But I cannot see fascinating the, game. I can't see the Lions getting up for this game. I no. They'll be fairly competitive for a half to three quarters. It's not the easiest ground for interstate clubs to come to, especially a young interstate club. It's uh, quite a squish ground, yeah. to say the least. And um, they, even, they squished it even more. Yeah, squished it even more. So... And obviously the Cats are going to be pretty fired up after that win from the weekend. And we'll rally them, you would imagine, yeah. yeah. And obviously a lot on the cards. They're sitting outside the eight now for the first time in weeks. Big travel for Brisbane too, and a tough game against Adelaide. It wasn't like they had an easy beats game. They're, no. on, they're on a bit of a ride though, because they won three and then they nearly beat Adelaide. They only lost by five points, so maybe they will be really up and, and give it a fair crack. But I just think Geelong have to win. Yeah, and That's the reality. And they've got to bring their a game. If they don't bring their A game, even for periods, that they, they, they could run the risk of losing this game and yeah. potentially missing out on finals. Well, they well. they've got a massive chance, Geelong. So if you look at to briefly, kind of just pause for a second. So Geelong is sitting at ninth, okay, with ten wins. North have nine wins. So North Melbourne have a really tough task in Taz- even though it is in Tassie, it's yep. still going to be a very tough task against the Eagles. So. They're sitting just underneath Geelong. If Geelong are able to win, that starts to make it really interesting. Hawthorne against Freo over there, that's not easy beats either. It's pro- They'll probably win that. But the, the main thing is that a number of the teams around them are yeah. probably going to win. And Melbourne have got Adelaide. Exactly. Over in Adelaide, and, so and, and Melbourne, you know, they. Hoodoos now. Well, when Melbourne lost to Geelong in that close game earlier in the year, they started to. Uh, they had a little bit of a falter, but they started to go on a run and just belt teams. Yeah, I and I think that they'll, there'll be a response like that. I just don't see Melbourne dipping away. That's a massive game on Saturday night the Crows versus the D's. But yeah, I, I think for me, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Geelong. I don't know. You probably, I mean, I'm, in a tipping comp, I'm not going to not tip them because I'm probably um, too much of a risk. No, too much from anything. But I think Brisbane will give it a fair crack, and they might lose by 15, 20 points. So it, there's a few guys on that list that have seen a win down there, which was obviously a little while ago now. But there'd be a couple left. And look, when when young kids get on a high, you know they'll they'll they'll, they'll perform well, but they're going to drop at some point. And we may mentioned this, I can't remember where, whether it's on the show or on the review, we've been talking a bit about football, but the the Lions still have, they're still 16th, like yeah, to be fair. Yeah, like, they've four games. Yes, so. they've been very good and they've got an amazing percentage for where they are, but to be fair, they've only won the four games of the whole year. So I, I think Geelong, way too much on the line for them. You'd have to tip the Cats. Yeah, I'm tipping the Cats. Yeah. But anyway, let, let's have a little quick look into the ins and outs for the Geelong-Brisbane game. And there is a couple of interesting things with them. So with Geelong... Look, they might. They look. The big question with them is Harry Taylor. So, do they play Taylor? He's so he's got this foot soreness, and 
how does he fit into the side is almost interesting now because he was out for so long and they've been winning. They've been actually going okay without him. They'd, they'd love to have him in. Yeah, that foot's not 100%. Not worth the risk. No, you'd, you'd think not. Not against Brisbane down there, no. Yeah. It, it sounds like Holland Smith was a bit of a chance, but not anymore with the um, the shoulder. So, Quinton Narkle didn't have a massive game, but I think he did enough. I think his role was okay. And Lockie Anderson was a bit quiet last week, but they're not going to drop him. They'll keep playing him and yeah, see him build. It was fine for him to have a quiet game because Tamahawk was on fire. He didn't need to get it well, up. Bit, bit of pressure that he had to kick seven, but yeah. no, I know what you mean. But no, look, probably not too many massive nah. changes that are going to have too many impacts. Nah. And then, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. And, then in, and then in terms of Brisbane, there's not really a massive thing. The main one is really Andrews. So Harris Andrews that got that massive hit from uh, old mate GWS Cameron. Yeah, no, he's a bit of a chance to come in. And, and the, other, out. the other one's um, a, a little known player, Luke Hodge as well, whether they give that young bloke a bit of a chance, give him, put him in, see how he goes. Yeah, I've heard he's been trying hard in the, in in the practice twos. and then yeah. in the twos. Yeah, so you, you would think he Give him his in. opportunity. Give he him I mean, it's Cutler that got done for two weeks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you'd think that'd just be a straight swap. So old mate Cutler. So yeah, you would think. Yeah, you would think Hodge comes in. So if you missed the news, old mate Tom Cutler did uh, challenge the ban, but it, no good. So no good. Two so weeks. He's got two weeks on the sidelines. See you later. Next game. So Giants versus the Saints. So sixth versus fifteenth. This is definitely this similar sort of ladder positions, but not as uh, close. I would imagine at spotless. So these two teams played earlier in the year for the only draw of the year. Giants in incredible form, so they've won six out of their last seven. And then the Saints, they've actually been in okay form. They've won three out of the last five. So they're building, but to be fair, though, they've played rubbish teams more recently. They played the Gold Coast. They you know, played some fairly mediocre you know, opposition. It wasn't like they've just beaten you know, Sydney, West Coast, and Richmond in a row. No. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're you know, right at the back end of the season. St. Kilda have some pretty average injuries as well. You would imagine um, the Giants are going to win this one by by a fair way. Yeah, I can't look. It's up at spotless too. Yeah, just, part, sorry. part. I mean, some of the players, I mean, a lot of the players will probably go into this game with the confidence knowing that they can match it with GWS, but they might want to have a look on paper which GWS team they played when they got that draw because it looks a very different team now. And I can't. How many goals? I think it's going to be five or six, seven goals. GWS. I can't see. Sydney, uh, Sydney, the Saints going with them for more than a half a game. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, it's 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 where St Kilda are at. I mean, there's just no way they're going to be able to compete against such a massive, you know, tsunami that the GWS are now. They're they're such a good side. They've got so many good players, and all their all their top end players are in really good form too. And we spoke about Haynes and the quality of their back line, and then you've got their engine is just completely dominating inside and outside with. Whitfield and Ward and Coniglio and just all these yeah. names you hear about all the time. Kelly's really hitting his straps as well. And they've got Green's a really... Un- building. Green's building. And you've got a really unorthodox, hard-to-predict forward line. So that that's the thing. They look so good. So, yeah, massive, massive um, game here for the Giants to, to really boost that yeah. percentage up because, to be fair, that's that's just the reality of the season. So they're sitting on 112, which isn't amazing because just below them, Melbourne have got 127. So if they were able to belt them and get 5, 6, 7% out of the game... Yeah, I expect... That would be good I for them. I expect them to be about 116, 117% by the time this round's finished. Yeah, I think they could get a 60 or so point win for sure because yeah. I think the Giants... Yeah, and they you know 
they they gritted out that really quality win last week. You'd, yeah. you'd think they'd be able to do it. Absolutely. So, so let's have a look at the ins and the outs for those guys. So it sounds like um, Griffin's a chance to come back. Uh, core as well as a bit of a chance as well. And the other one, Sam Taylor, who got that corked leg. So... They probably will remain relatively unchanged. I don't think the ins and the outs are going to, you know, yeah. affect this one too much. I know they've still got a fairly sizable injury list, but I'm, I'm gabberflabbergasted. Gabberflabbergasted. Um, gabberflabbergasted. Yeah, with the fact that they want to bring in Griffin. He has not performed... He hasn't been great. ...at a level that he did But I think they the might dogs. give him a couple more tries just to Is see... just because it's coming into finals, they know that if they've got a fit Griffith and some of the other guys are still injured... Griffin. Griffin, sorry. You're thinking of Canberra or something? No, Peter Griffin. Griffith. Oh, that Griffin. <laughs> no, and I just, I just thought, well, is he... It is he strange, it? I guess to some degree, but I think they just want to see how he goes. And it's a long season, and they could use him potentially to get a win back into the season, and then it's just another one where you can rest it. someone else that it's can play that yeah, role. True. Yeah, yeah it, it's I think it'd be one of those sort of scenarios... You'd think, so there was a lot of injuries against Richmond. Uh, St Kilda you know, not only got belted, they also broke a couple of people. A couple of people so yeah. a couple of shoulders got smashed. So it was pretty pretty hard to watch. Harsh. Towards the yeah. end. Sorry, Saints. Shouldn't laugh, but it was pretty, pretty harsh. So you'd think, so uh, all, all the issues that they've, they've had. So, I, yeah, there's a few... No one really of kind of massive. No, I mean Blake Akers is a chance to come in. He, you know, he was, he, he's, yeah, he'll be in. You think maybe Freeman finally gets a chance. A couple of these guys, you know, they're very non-committal on it, but it's not going to make too much of a difference. So you'd you'd think um, you'd think them by yeah, you'd think yeah. GWS by a fair way, sure. Having oh, mind you though, there's an, as you just rattled off some names. There's probably ten or twelve Saint players that are hanging on by a thread. Yeah, to get an extension or. A, um, keeping the AFL ranks. So they'd, they'd probably want to start performing over the next few weeks. The hard part as well is the team has been so bad that and they don't have many options. So <laughs> they're sort of in a position where a couple of pretty garbage players are still getting games. It's like yeah. Carlton as well. Like a heap of them shouldn't be playing at AFL level. But what are you supposed to do when you're so low? So let's keep moving now into... So Saturday night game. Well, it was so, the Lukosius Cup, but it's not now. No. That's already been won. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah, no, not an amazing game. So well, it's, it's interesting it, now all of a sudden. It's going to be a 10 can. Get we should announce the game. So this is Gold yeah. Coast versus Carlton we're talking about. Oh, I thought, yeah, by the name of yeah. the cup. But People figure it, figure it out. 17th yeah, so versus 18th. 17th versus 18th. The two basket case teams of the year for lots of different reasons. The Suns, however, got a little bit of redemption on the weekend. Miracle win. Miracle win, but showed glimpses of yeah. how good they can be like they did in rounds one, two, and three. Mm. And Carlton did what they've been doing, done doing all year and got pulverised. So yeah. unfortunately, Oh, no, unfortunately, the funny thing is though, Carlton, there are a chance. <laughs> I'm tipping the Suns. I, I just think it's at home, it's at Metricon, but you're right. It, the Carlton are a massive chance. What do you do with your tip here? You're sort of damned if you do and damned if you don't, because I think Carlton will win another game between now and the end of the year. And I think this one is a massive chance because obviously Gold Coast are, are poor. We wait till quarter time <laughs> and see if the Suns are down by six goals. Yeah. And, and then they'll win. And they're paying $60. Yeah. And then you put all your money on the 60. 
and go, oh shit. And then May gets 14 inset marks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, this it's it's an interesting game, but mainly because of the win. If they'd gotten belted by Sydney, we'd spend about five seconds on this game. Yeah, look, part of me says, okay, if Kerno and Cripps can get on top in the midfield and then get it to oh other mate Kerno then and or Mackay. McKay, however you want to pronounce it, then yeah, Carlton have got a chance. We need to clarify this. I think it's it's McKay, I think. Yeah, I think it's McKay. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, I, I, they're the only four players at Carlton, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. You, you'd know oh, Mark Murphy's there. Yeah, Cripps. Yeah. You know him. Yeah, I've mentioned him. Liam Jones. Oh, you mentioned him already. Yeah. Liam Jones. Does he still play? Barely. He's okay. injured at the moment. Yeah, injured at the moment. Doesn't help. No, I, I'm, I'm going with this one. I'm being very facetious here with Carlton. Um, for, <laughs> I, I wish I could be more... Uh, well, you are the I'm only person in town. We just spoke about this on the live show. You're the only person in town that tipped their one win. You tipped them. Yeah, Essendon were horrible back then. But they were still no, no, easy yeah, favourites. Easy favourites. I don't know. I don't know. And they shouldn't have lost it. Shouldn't have lost it. So, yeah... I'm not going to be surprised if the Blues win this game because the Suns have not shown anything all year to suggest yeah. that they can back up after last week, but they should win the Suns. They should. Yeah, so let's have a look at some of the ins and outs. So it looks like David Swallow is going to return. So that's that's pretty interesting. I thought you said retire for a second. No, <laughs> no, no. Not just yet. Uh, yeah, he's the probably the biggest one. There's a few that were a bit average, but yeah, there's no point kind of calling that now. So he's probably the more major one that could come in because all the, any of their other major players, is, they're going to have to come through the needle because they haven't played any. AFL yeah, or there's still injuries yeah. still going. So the other one, Carlton. So Cruiser looks like he's going to come back. So old mate Cruz. And then Daisy Thomas, who's still amazing, he still plays AFL. He's he's there. And then Fisher broke his leg. So this is the thing, like the Hawthorne game, just like that St Kilda game, they not only did they get belted, but they also had a pack of injuries. So Liam Jones fell he's, over someone's leg and broke his. So they both fell over each other's legs and broke each other's legs. So they just went leg, leg, that's it. And they're both out. So you think Sam Rowe will probably come in and maybe O'Shea as well. They'll probably give him a bit of a, an O'Shea. Yeah, so Cruiser is a big in, so you would say Casbolt, his C later. Oh, my Cruz. Oh, yeah, my Casbolt. Na- oh, my Casbolt. Well, maybe he gets off the leash. He's got the Naha sewn up, I think, Casbolt. Oh, definitely. He has. He's If he gets another game, he plays for the rest of the year. Naha. Oh, oh, maybe that's what Carlton, they've got to get an award. The Naha. They should have got They should have got him in the side. I'm not joking. That actually probably would have been a good idea. Naha. So you know how to <laughs> sneak a, a goal of the year. And a goal of the year um, nomination. Yeah. So look, it, the irony, well, and this would not really be ironic, it would just be sad, but I mean, yeah, with Cruiser comes back, what do they do with Matthew Lobb, who was actually okay? So, well, I mean... <laughs> I would say Cruiser up forward. Yeah. Right, because his body just can't handle the right. That way he can get injured in the, in the forward line. Oh, Oh, yeah, May's pretty big, isn't he? That's the problem. Yeah. And he's had so many issues this year, the poor guy. Put him on the bench. He was amazing at junior level. You and I spoke about yeah, this he's... randomly. Because like, he, he actually, was, he's younger than me, but I saw him play when he was like in year seven and I would have been like in year 11 or 12 or something. I'm a fair bit older than him now. But I remember seeing him and he was a freak. I yeah. thought, wow, this kid's going to be a joke. Absolutely. He's top 10, top five, easy draft pick. And his body has just gone to... to 
bits. It's yeah, completely it's, let him down. It's a real shame. He he was a jokes a, aside. Like he was going to be an amazing. Like player. when people go on about how mobile Brody Grundy is at yeah. Collingwood, Cruz is a next level up. He's a elite midfield type running capability. He he was something. He was something special, and that's why Carlton obviously were very comfortable taking him pick one. So unfortunately, his body hasn't held up. Which was so, a handout. Yeah. So. So maybe yeah, karma's come back. Who knows? <laughs> no, not no. That's just, no, I don't mean that. I do not <laughs> yeah, mean do. that at all. No, I do not. It's not fair on Cruiser. No, uh, it might be fair on Carlton Footy Club, that's but true, yeah. not on Cruiser because yeah, he was a mm. he was a talent beyond belief, and his body just hasn't allowed him to uh, continue that into the elite ranks of AFL. So hopefully, no. hopefully he can get through this game, get through at least the rest of the season. So that's that's our summary of it. I think the. Gold Coast Suns for me. Yeah, and I'm still confused. You're confused. Okay. Yeah, draw. Draw. Yeah. This would be, imagine this was the second draw. Yeah, I'm going for a draw. Probably would be a draw. Let's keep going to, I don't know why I've heard that, I don't know, but it was yeah. funny that time. Let's keep moving. Adelaide Oval. So this is a much better game. The Crows versus the Demons. So 740. Adelaide Oval, the Crows, a bit of resurgence, so they've obviously not had an amazing year. They're in a situation now where after the Sloan signing, they all of a sudden sort of started to wake up. Nine wins, they're, you know, they're sitting basically even percentage with Essendon. So Essendon, they don't have an easy game either. They got they got bloody Sydney. So both teams actually have, in that point of the eight, actually have pretty decent teams to have to play. Yeah. So it does make the round very interesting, and there will you'd say there's going to be a lot of movement. Adelaide at home are still a massive threat. So it's 12th versus 7th, and incredibly, even though Melbourne's just been kicking really you know massive scores and had a pretty good year, and you have to say he's had a better year than Adelaide, over the last five weeks, Adelaide have won three out of their last five, but Melbourne have actually only won two out of their last five. So they're actually not in that good a form. form. And, you know, obviously that heartbreaking loss against Geelong, how well mentally can they bounce back after what was an unbelievable loss and one of the more, you know, incredible highway robberies you've ever seen. So, I mean, Adelaide at home is, as I said, massive threat still, but Melbourne are going to be, you know, they're surely going to bounce back and, and perform on the night. Yeah, so those losses have been to Port Adelaide, yeah. which that's fine. It was over there. You would kind of guess that. But they lost to St Kilda. Yeah. Um, so St Kilda in a two-point heartbreak at the G, not really ideal. They beat Freo, which you would you expect, and obviously they beat up on the, the doggies as well. So yeah. really not convincing form at all. Mm. And I think Adelaide are going to sneak away with a couple of goal wins. Yeah, uh, look, I'm going to ride the ins and outs with this one. So there are some really interesting things with this game. So Tom Duda was concussed last week so they're going to wait obviously as we know now with AFL they'll wait right to the last minute to make a call if it's I mean they might who knows tomorrow morning they might call it out but they're they're surely going to let, let it ride as long as they can You'd think probably someone like an Andy Otten, for example, might come in for Duday. You'd think Brody Smith, it sounds like he's another couple of weeks away, so he's coming back from that torn ACL. There's a lot of really interesting ins and outs with these guys. So Walker, you'd think, will come back in, which is, you know, a massive um, in. But um, yeah, I think Duday might may not play, and yeah, that, that, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do do in terms of ins and outs between these two sides. And then the Demons, 
things, I, I think, would remain relatively unchanged. So the the James Harms had the, the hand, so obviously he's not going to play. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think that... They might drop a couple of people that, you know, struggled against the Cats last week, but I don't think their in-and-outs are going to be too major. No, so. it would just be uh, structural changes. Probably. Yeah, in looking Which at... Is, we don't generally try to, com- uh, you know, make, uh, no, predict because it's just, just so hard to... And just trying to look at Geelong and Adelaide, probably the way they structure up and the size of their players is similar anyway. So I don't expect too many. No, I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to be pretty unchanged. But I, I'm very much watching those Adelaide ins, and if the club seems pretty confident that Walker's going to play, if he does play and he plays 80 percent Walker, and then they are able to. I, I'm, the Duda out. I, I I think he's been fantastic all year. Yeah, he's we, probably. We reckon he's been top two. Drafts of the year, like yeah, along with Jay Stevenson. We had him two. second in our in our predictions for our rising star. So uh, at the at the time, and obviously you know now there's been a few others that have kind of come from the clouds. But yeah, I think Duda is a massive out, massive out, um, yeah, sort of like Jonas really at Port as well as an example. It's, Correct. That, yeah. that was sort of that barometer. So yeah, very interesting. But at this stage, I'm going to go with the Demons in in an upset. I think they're going to. Well, I guess I don't know what the odds are, but I guess I don't know whether it would technically be an upset, but I just think they'll rebound back off that. I think they're a good enough side to, to come back, and they've been so good all year. They're going to have to win this, and they comprehensively belted Adelaide in Darwin, and I know that's in Darwin, but you know they both both teams travelled up there, and they yeah. bled them. them yeah. And I tipped Melbourne confidently that day, and I think people thought, thought, well, hang on, you know, but we got a read on Adelaide pretty early that they were going to drop, and it just looked, they just looked really shaky in a lot of areas of their game, and well, I guess we just saw, saw it coming with them. Them. But yeah, look, D's, D's for me, but I'm going to ride those ins. If Duday and Walker play, wow, that does start to make it interesting. But yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, um, yeah, Demons for me at this stage. Then into the Sunday, so we've got a, another pretty interesting game as well. So North Melbourne versus the West Coast Eagles down in Tasmania. So North play very well, obviously, down in Tassie. So sitting just outside the eight at 10th. And then obviously the Eagles, second on the ladder, you know, had an amazing year, one twenty-five percent, really healthy. So you'd think West Coast. Yeah, West what Coast. Do you think? Yeah, West Coast travel pretty well down to Tassie. Funnily enough, they're, they're not too scared of no. um, the grounds down there. Obviously, they've got their tail up now. They've got the MCG hoodoo off their back. Yeah, playing extremely good footy. McGovern five years. Five years. Yeah. Not to take away any shine from North Melbourne and how good North Melbourne are down there. I just think, as we've said in the the, uh, review and yeah, on the show so, as well. Show, yeah, yeah. The young team, the legs are starting to get heavy. The little bit of pace has come off them, and that's why I think the Eagles can just get over line in this game. And not convinced at that, but I just think West Coast for me at this stage. I'm not going to be surprised if North get up. Obviously, they got a huge game to play for them. Stick with the uh, yeah. final eight, but yeah, for me, West Coast with that midfield firing, uh, as you mentioned, McGovern just signed, yeah. so he's going to be pumped. The back line are going to be pumped. And as a result, with North Melbourne, even if they play half of the the offensive style that they played against Collingwood, you'd think West Coast are a massive chance to win this game because yeah. they, they were very predictable going forward against the Pies. And if they play like that, with you know Cameron, um, not Cameron, sorry, with McGovern being you know up and about, it's sort of like the Sloan scenario with him signing and he came back and had a massive game the next week. I wouldn't be at all surprised if he came out and dominated. And then her 
Hearn avoided the suspension as well, so he's going to play. So it's it's a fascinating scenario, but I, I think the Eagles are going to be too strong. There's too much to play for. And they, they, they know, and they'll know by Sunday, what the result is between Collingwood and Richmond. And if Richmond lose that game, that's a massive thing for West Coast because they could finish top of the ladder by the end of the round. Yeah, absolutely. The other, th- other thing to note for me is while Scotty Thompson and uh, Tarrant have been phenomenal um, down back for North and even Majak Door, obviously they'll cover the two big forwards in Kennedy. And, yeah. But then you've got the, the young small brigade, and I don't know if... North's defence is stretched um, enough. I don't think they've got enough uh, people to cover all those. Uh, no, well, Dawes being having, they're having to play Dawes all over the ground. ground. Yeah, so he and if they want to kick a score, they're obviously going to need him up forward. That's to the help problem. But then well. they'd love to have him down back because he's proven this year that he's an excellent he's defender. So it feels like North are a bit stretched at both ends. Yeah. So and the midfield and the young ja- side, no Jacobs. Still, no. So how are they going to shut down one of the best? Yeah, no, no weight as well. Yeah. Like I just think it, there's just too many outs for the me. Toil, I think yeah, the if, toil is starting to uh, test North at the moment, yeah. and they're going to be super competitive. Don't get me wrong. No, we've not, been not up on North all, exactly. We've been up on North all year, and we're, it's just the reality is they've played lightning in a bottle football for their for where the team's at and where they came from last year. They've been fantastic. So I just think that. For me, yeah, it, it's going to be a bit of a, a stretch for them to be able to do it. But it looks like Jacobs is a bit of a chance as well. Where, who who he tags will be interesting. It's concussion, so we obviously don't know what the story is, and it'll be last minute. But Jacobs, maybe he comes in and, and runs with Yo or Redden or someone like that and tries to nullify. But the problem is then there's two or three other options that can bounce up. So many. you got Gaff. you got, yeah, they're, they're an incredible side. Yeah, and Shuey. Shuey yeah. as well, so... And then, yeah, it looks like um, it looks like Mason Wood. Yeah, it looks like he might be a bit of a chance as well. But I don't, I don't, just they, don't think they've got enough. If they get those two in, it makes it a much more competitive. It does game because obviously Door can go back then if Wood go, is in. But the offense is the big concern for me. Yeah, and even then, do you keep Door, Wood, and Brown all forward so that they can stretch that defense of West Coast? Yeah, because well, that makes McGovern very accountable. So it will, but that they haven't been playing. Him and Jacobs haven't played for a while, or Jacobs in particular. Then it'll become a shootout, and then North, then North are going to struggle at the other end because West Coast, West Coast will just because Darling is starting to play. He'll start to play into form. Kennedy likes it down there as well. Yeah, Lacroix will love it. Yeah, so I think that they've just got too much power for me. I've I've got to go with the West Coast Eagles. But we've been up on North all year. But I I don't know. This would be an incredible win if North are able to pull this one off. But I yeah, I I just think that West Coast for me, given. um, the, the quality of how they've been. Yeah, I agree. And they're building better form. I know they had that bit of a dip, but once they, they reshuffled everything and they seem to have figured out that the Vardy Lysette thing is working, you know, it, it made sense to do that rather than to change the entire structure of the team. So when, and I was thinking about this actually the other day, we just didn't get time to talk about it in the review, but with Nat Nui coming out, there would have been some temptation. Do you do a Richmond-type scenario and play the, the one ruck like Nan Curves as an example and do that sort of scenario? Or do they just keep playing with, with the two rucks because they've been playing Lysette and Nat Nui? Do they keep playing that style? For me, yes, because then it doesn't stuff up all the other aspects That's, of the game. I agree. And it, by... Keeping just bring Vardy, Vardy in, um, Nat Nui obviously out with the injury. It just means that you know they they can keep things flexible and it doesn't stuff around. Gaff's 
wing role. It doesn't kind of change the way the ins and the outs work um, with Shuey and Redden as well. So there's, that's the thing. It doesn't affect the balance. And as an example, like Adelaide for me, a big reason why they dropped so much was the outs that they had and the timing of when they had it really affected the balance of the team and the structure of the team. They tried to fix it on the spot and they didn't have the pieces to do it. So, but West Coast, I think, have got, got it back on track and they'll win. You know, they'll probably, they've got five games to go. They'll probably win three, three they'll go three probably and four, two or four, four and one, one even. Yeah, they yeah. look amazing. The, the, big, the big thing is, you know, whether they can get on top of Richmond and uh, there's a big chance they will be able to. So, in terms of, so that, yeah, North, North's ins, I think, yeah, they're, they're probably not going to change it too much. But if Jacobs comes in, as we said, big, big one there. there there's a few interesting things with the Eagles, though. So you, you would think maybe Ainsworth could come in as well. The other one that I'm really waiting on too, but I'll still tip them anyway right now. But the other one is Barras. You and I both really rate Barras, and it looks like he's a bit of a chance to come back in too. Yeah. And that's just another quality yeah. down back. And Jake Waterman as well, who again, he's a bit of a yeah. um, two-way player. Tends to play off the halfback, and, but can go forward as well. So, yeah, yeah they've got class. They've got a, a big depth in their in their roster now. So, look, except for Nick Nat, they're almost at 100%. That's the thing. That's their only real major issue at the moment. And, I mean, when Barras went out recently, you and I spoke about it and I didn't hear it's not I'm not trying to buy a ticket to ourselves or anything like that but what he is a serious barometer Barras when he went out it, it did affect that structure and they started to drop games I'm not saying it's the only reason like it's not like no, not at all. you know it, it, a huge it, out but it, it absolutely affected I didn't hear it talked to I guess well, I only heard one Victoria two, but I only it, heard it, one yeah. or two other commentators not much though but not much so they, they one in particular I can't remember he, he was very bullish on the fact that without Barras playing West Coast are not as potent as they can be he, he stops um, a lot of forward thrusts can take the best forward out of the game, which allows McGovern to continue just to peel off and do intercept marks. So yeah, I think he's he'll be a massive inclusion if and when he gets back. Because the problem, well, the problem is for North is that if Barras comes in, then they can roll Barras onto Ben Brown, which frees up McGovern to be that intercept, yeah, and that's when West Coast are so dangerous. Yeah, so and we'll then, keep and keep then also freeze Hearn up to exactly to yeah run right run and, right yeah they're, they're an amazing side they got so much depth so yeah West Coast for us yeah both next game so the, the the second game down in down up from where we are in Bendigo down for some of you so Western Bulldogs versus the Port Adelaide Power. 3.20 at Mars Stadium. So the earlier game, the Doggies, well, they didn't play very well that day. They actually nearly lost to Gold Coast. They should have won that game by a lot more. They were dominating early. There was really, I thought, pretty. they played pretty poorly in the wind. Uh, and that's just, I think a lot of teams play poorly in the wind nowadays, even good yeah. teams, because they're just not used to playing in it not ever. In it, yeah. um, so there's obviously, in Eddie had there's basically none. And then in, in the other grounds, it's so closed off. But, um, yeah, interesting game. So, obviously, the dog is well and truly out of finals contention now. Port, you know, they're looking pretty good. So, 14th versus 15th. The power they came up against, as you pointed out, on the Beyond the Game live show. Massive, you know, game they had last week against GWS. I really enjoyed watching that last Sunday night. The big thing for me, the power, yes, they lost that game, but they came up against what's clearly one. If in terms of form, the Giants are top four. 
four. That, yeah. they are, they are, that's the thing. I know they're not sitting there on the ladder, but in terms of form... Six of the last seven games. There's not too many teams no. with that record. And the only, one they, the only one they lost was West Coast, and they yeah. nearly won. And they should have won that. Well, they were up. And that's so, the other thing. They've come up against a lot of quality competition. Yeah. Hawthorne, Richmond, uh, GWS, yeah. West Coast. I mean, there's four teams. Let's say Gaff misses that tap. You know, this is the thing we're talking about. You know, really minimal stuff in that game late. Let's say mm-hmm. Gaff misses that tap and he kicks a point or it hits the post who knows the Giants easily could have run away with that game so that's the thing we're talking you know a bit of wind and who knows what happens so I think yeah look the port for me they're really building and obviously they've got to travel a bit they'll have to fly into Melbourne and then take the bus up to Bendigo so it's a bit of a travel but um a Ballarat sorry but I I do think the yeah power for me I think Bulldogs have got so many injuries. It's 14th versus 5th. This is one of those games where the ladder doesn't lie. Doggies have only won one out of their last five. Port have lost two in a row, but they're due a bounce back. Yeah, I mean, it's a massive danger game for them. It is. I I can't see the Doggies getting over the line, though. I agree with you. It's too important for the Port Adelaide to get the four-point tier. They'll obviously know a lot of the results before the game. They may sneak back in the four. They'll either galvanise themselves in eight and I think if they get that win that just yeah gets them that much closer to seeing September's uh, action again yeah. to play away and get a win like this is just you have to do it yeah. um, this close to finals especially coming up against a team as you said that are well and truly out of the race and got a number of injuries that means they're not even at full strength no and the power last year so in the finals they finished at fifth last year and they had that really tough game against West Coast, which which was an incredible game. They they absolutely should have won that game. It went on to two overtimes. I, I think Port would love to be top four this year. I mean, everyone wants to be, but I think they, they would love that second chance and not to be in the exact same position. They're sitting at fifth, so right now they're in the exact same position they yeah. were at the back end of last year. There's five games to go. Sydney could absolutely lose to Essendon. The Giants, you know, they're, they're probably going to win, you would think, almost certainly against St Kilda. But the Port would be wary, especially by the Port game. They'll know what happened in the Sydney game too. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Port Port for me, like, they're, they're really building. And they weren't terrible against the Giants by no, no means. That, as I said, was mainly a lot of their key players were very, as we spoke about in the review that came up today, were very uh, low. So, Power yeah. Pepper was super down. Wines was really down as well. Even Gray wasn't as good as he, he normally is. So Yeah, absolutely. And Jonas is obviously still a few weeks away. Riders are still at least a week or two away. Yeah. But they're going to be stronger once they get back. And obviously, they're going to both be back before finals, you would think. Yeah. And once they get them, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be right to go. That's it. So, it looks like Motlop's going to come back in as well, which definitely helps. So I think pacing, even though the dogs are a quick side, at the back end of the year, uh, yeah, I think that's going to definitely help with a bit of polish coming in from Motlop. Old mate Jimmy Tump. Oh, the, Jimmy Tumpus. The Tump I dog. I heard that name for a while. The Tumpalicious might be coming in. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, look, I don't think that's going to change it too much. They'll keep it pretty, pretty standard with the way it was. And then if you look at the other side of the coin with the doggies, the big in is the Bont. So Bont had appendicitis and yeah, look, he'll, he'll come in and I'm sure he'll he'll make a big impact. But yeah, 
that's the thing. I mean, we speak about this all the time. He's obviously a massive in. He's a very quality player in his age bracket. He's one of the best players in the league. But one player doesn't doesn't change against such a, a quality outfit like the the power. No, especially with the absolute depth of injuries that the doggies are still. That's got. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. As good as um, Bont is, I mean, I thought he was that good that he was going to win the Brownlow this year. Wasn't a bad tip, but Not the team tip, fell off the ropes. Yeah. yeah, and then he got injured and stuff like that. Yeah. So no, he's good as he is. He can't take this team to bot over the weekend, no. I wouldn't think. So, a couple of bad outs as well for the Dogs, which doesn't help. So, Dalhouse, no good. And Honeychurch as well. So, yeah, you'd think Bont obviously is coming in. And, yeah, I mean, maybe Fergus Green, someone like that. There's, there's a few people in the twos that they could look at. But I'd, I'd imagine it'll stay relatively similar. But, you know, Bont, Bont obviously in with, you know, Dalhur, Dalhouse. Yeah, I was going to say, if you get a chance to get out to Ballarat, I'd go just to watch the Bont. Yeah, it'd be interesting. And definitely, if you if you listen to this around the area, definitely go and check it out because obviously you only get the two games a year. And yeah, Port Porter a good side. It'd be good to see them. Good to see them live. Yep. So we'll keep moving. And last game of the round, so Fremantle versus the Hawks. Is this a danger game for Hawthorne? Hawthorne sitting outside of the eight. Uh, well, sorry, at the bottom end of the eight. Sorry, they they still technically in there with percentage just. So it did look like that wasn't going to happen, and then Geelong ended up winning that one, but it's not getting enough of a percentage. So interesting scenario for Hawthorne. Hawthorne obviously very wary of everyone around them, and Geelong, you know, having Brisbane, they should be able to get over them. Hawks really need a win to stay in the in the mix here. Yeah, they do, and it doesn't get any easier for them with uh, the results for. Oh, Danny Hale was already already going to miss that game due to the punch on Cripps. So he got two weeks with that. Then he's got a, uh, an additional three for the trip. Uh, very controversial. The fact that um, Fisher, I think it was, broke his leg meant that it was deemed severe that his trip. Now, I've never seen someone getting a trip and getting three weeks for it. So I think the penalty was a bit bit harsh, but he wasn't playing this week anyway. Yeah. So still no McAvoy. How Sicily all still weeks from coming back. I think that means it's going to be very hard for the Hawks to beat Frio. Frio got a chance against Sandlands back. Yeah. That definitely improves their chances and I actually think Frio are going to be... But the big in though is Burgoyne. So Burgoyne and O'Meara as well. So Yeah, they I mean, are big ins. Uh, O'Meara obviously only having the one week off with a little niggle very late. Yeah. And, but Burgoyne being... 30 odd and having four weeks for almost five weeks on the sidelines is he going to be at his best mm, don't know if it's clutch towards the end then thank goodness Silky's on <laughs> the, the ground Yoda's in there yeah. yeah so it's interesting game Hawthorne I mean they've got a, obviously a lot more to play for it's a big ass though just with so many key outs I'll be interested to see if Sandlands doesn't play will be interesting. yeah if Sandlands doesn't play and Hawthorne do what I expect them to do and take over two rucks so they'll bring in a third ruck in Mark Pitanay, who played a handful of games last year while Segler was still out. Segzy. Then I give the Hawks a bit more of a chance. Yeah. It's just Frio, who knows what you're going to get, but they've been fairly good at home this year. Well, they were good against Essendon last week in and, Melbourne. So yeah. they were horrible against Port a few weeks yeah. back, but that they, they were, both teams were dreadful. Dreadful, right yeah. So, and I think they've got a, other, a few, like Stephen Hill might be back. There's, they've got some handy potential 
back ends as well. So, yeah, tough game and not the game that Hawthorne probably wanted to face without some of their key personnel. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, quality ends, I think, still for Hawthorne. I don't know who I'm going to go with in this game. The, yeah, I think the main point you, you've raised, which is that what's going on with Sandy, if he plays, yeah, does it look, they win so many games with him. And if he's half, even if he's 70, 80%, he's just so big. Like, yeah. he can just obviously completely dominate that position. So, Especially when he's going to be coming up against someone who's not an elite ruckman, Segler and or Pidney. So he still, he should win out against him. You would think so. The other one is Harley Bunnell. So he's been better in the waffle, whether they, they'll surely play him between now and the end of the year, you'd think at some point. Uh, Mitch Croden as well was in pretty good form. So there'll be a few switches, but the thing, I think I'm going to, no, look, I'll tip, I'll tip Hawthorne in an upset, but I don't know odds wise whether that's an upset as a sort of saying before, but the big thing to watch is Santa Lance and whether he can, if he comes in, as I said, it's going to make a massive difference. But yeah, absolutely. There, there is some not, I, I mean, they'd love to have um, Andrew Brayshaw in, you know, they, they'd love to have Ballantyne in, so what's going on with those two. So I think definitely look at the ins and outs for this game towards the, the back end of the week because there, there could be some very serious ins for free. Yeah. If they get Brayshaw, Ballantyne, Sandy in, I think I've got to have to go for, for Then they become a much harder proposition, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Let's do a bit of a recap. recap. Yep. So first game on the Friday night, Essendon versus Sydney. We've gone with... Both gone with the Bombrays. We have gone with the Bombrays, yeah. I mean, I think, obviously, Sydney could absolutely bounce back, and I feel, you know, a little bit concerned going against Sydney because the amount of times they've punished me for for doing that. But I think this time they'll drop this one and scrape through into finals. And then uh, Richmond, Collingwood, we've both gone with the Tiggies. Both Tiggies, yeah. Yeah, I think obviously this is such a hard tip and a very, very close game on paper. It looks amazing and, you know, sell out, an enormous game. But I just think Richmond will have a, just enough and having that finals experience, because it's going to basically be a final. I think having the grand final and all that massive game experience with huge, huge, loud as hell crowds. It's a Richmond home game. They're going to get so many people at the ground. Obviously, Collingwood would be pretty damn loud as well. But I, I don't know. I just think Richmond in that game and... You know, especially it'll be interesting to see where the Hawley plays. So that that might add another dynamic to it. Um, and then next in Geelong, Geelong versus the Brisbane Lions. We've both gone with the Catters. Yeah, both Cats. Yeah, so Cats. Yeah. Cats. You would think. I mean, Brisbane are capable of upsetting that, but back into the year, young team, pro- probably unlikely at this stage. And then at Spotless Stadium, GWS versus St Kilda, GWS by a fair way. Yeah, this stage yeah, I think of the that's season. That's a percentage boost for them. Yeah. Yeah, six out of seven games dominating. Yeah, I don't don't see that happening at all. Especially when we just saw St Kilda against Richmond last week and they got completely belted. Uh, Metricon Stadium. So this is the Battle of the Busted Ass, Gold Coast versus the Carlton Blues. So to the two bottom cellar dwellers. I reckon the coast, and you reckon a draw? I reckon a draw. So the second draw, there usually is two draws a year. It's actually not a bad idea. Why not? And then Adelaide Oval, the Crows versus the Ds. I've gone with the Ds, and you've gone with the Crows. I've gone with the Crows, yeah. I don't know. Look, it's it's obviously an extremely hard tip. I'm waiting on the ends as well. I want to know where the Duday is going to play. I want to know where the Walker's going to play. And then, you know, obviously the the mental demons, pun intended. That's It's such a big question with Melbourne because we we backed them in for Queen's birthday thinking that, no, no, they're in good form, big game, they'll perform, and then they fell away. And then, you know, we we actually both tipped Geelong last week, so a lot of people seemed to tip us or um, the demons. But anyway, we've, we've split on that one, but definitely look at the ins and outs because that, that is a very, very hard game to tip. 
And then North versus the West Coast Eagles. We've both gone with the Eags. Both with the Eagles. Danger game, though. North could easily win that game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, is, a, it is a big danger game. I mean, North normally play very well down in Tasmania. But, I mean, the Eagles are just in such amazing Absolutely. scintillating form. And they're going to get some potentially some really decent ends with Barras as well. So I, I just don't see it happening in the, the five years with McGovern. And uh, I reckon West Coast for me. And then Western Bulldogs versus the Power in Bendigo at Mars. And we think power. the power, yeah. Power probably by a bit. I think fairly comfortably in the end, yeah. Too many injuries, and Bont's obviously a massive in, but, you know, in AFL, one one player's, you know, very rarely making a massive, massive, massive impact. So, yeah, power for us, too much on the line, and the people around power are, you know, potentially going to win. I mean, Sydney are capable of upsetting Essendon, which would put a lot of you know pressure on this game, that Port would just have to win it. So, yeah, it all, it all gets really tight from here. But the power for us, and then the last game of the round, which is another really hard tip, it's a very hard round, we're either going to do, I think, very well or very poorly, is Frio versus the Hawks at Optus Stadium. So we've both gone with... Well, it was a split, actually. No, you split. Were, you've gone Frio? Docker. Yeah, yeah I, I'm pretty pretty sure Sandlands comes back and also they get Stephen Hill back and I think that'll be enough to get over the Hawks. Well, they might get Brayshaw too. So it is a is a fascinating scenario. If that, all that happens, I'll, I'm going to go Frio as well. But at this yeah. stage, from what I know right now on the... On the Tuesday night I'm going to go with the Hawks but yeah I, I think anything could happen anything could happen and you know Hawthorne had a very soft game against Carlton how that prepares them for this game is real impossible to read are they going to feel great after you know basically barely playing a game or will that be to their detriment potentially and then you know Freo had to travel they're, they're in a position where they 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 are actually very accurate against Essendon, which kept them in it. Essendon should have bled them, but in in the end, it ended up being a bit of a close game. But now, look for me. I, I reckon the Hawks right now, but it absolutely could go another yeah. way. So, I was going to say, enjoy the football this weekend, and we'll see you next weekend. We will really appreciate you listening. Definitely check out the Beyond the Game video. So I'll put up a link in the description. If you could rate and review us, that would be fantastic. So it's not for our egos; it's for the podcast. So what it does is by rating and reviewing us it pushes the podcast up the charts so it's not just uh, graded by listens it's also partially the ratings as well so if you do rate us it is a massive um, help so it just gets yeah, the podcast we really out appreciate there it. yeah so keep chatting to us on social media we really enjoy the chat at AFL Deep Dive on Instagram Facebook and Twitter email AFL Deep Dive that's it thanks guys see you later